All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? Everybody, DJ Anubis with you on the Mel Turn Radio Podcast, new episode of the Hordes of Chaos. Kicking it off there with some Converge doing Entombed. I always love that cover. Fucking badass. Uh, lots to get to today, as usual. Uh, some pretty cool topics. Got a little bit about Star Wars, uh, a little bit more on the uh, Chicago Bulls Last Dance, and a little bit about even... Uh, Mayhem. I got a chance to see a doc from 2007 on the, on the whole like Norwegian black metal scene. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and of course the tie-ins with <clears throat> the movie Lords of Chaos that came out last year. So a little bit of discussion on that. Uh, music wise, got some new stuff for you but I got a lot of old stuff as well. I got some classic Enslaved, Metallica. I uh, got some, of course, Mayhem of course. Uh, new stuff. Hemotoxin, got some couple tracks from uh, Angel PR, uh, Honey Badger and Ben411, that's in the rock block later, some new witches, and a little bit of some new stuff there as well. Um, <clears throat> first block though, excuse me, first block, got a couple tracks sent for me from Everlasting Spew Records and Xenocorp, uh, new stuff from Serox and Disabled, this first one from Serox. Their 2018 release, the Phobos, was amazing. So the new EPA is fucking pretty good. I haven't got a chance to listen to it all through yet. I did find a song that I wanted to play. So we're going to kick off this block. And I got some new Disabled sent to me by Xenocorp right after that. So check it out. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> 
Trust me, old man. We are natives. And you're listening to Middle Tavern Radio. I am the Sandman. Get out of my way. All right. Uh, I guess we missed out on my hemotoxin. I'll try to get that here in a minute. So that we can get that played for you. But, uh, talk about some uh, news real quick. So, Nervosa, I believe, um, they are from Brazil. They were initially a, a trio, and um, I really enjoyed their past works with, like, uh, Agony and Downfall of Mankind. Uh, they're great thrash metal with a deathy-type rasp to it. Um, yeah, so, like, they got a new lineup they're working on. I'm not sure why the... Um, other members. The only one remaining, I believe, is um, what's her name, Prika Amaral, and uh, so she's a remaining member. That she's got. She's added three more, so they've gone from a, a trio to four a quartet now, and um, so I don't know if that you know how that's going to play out musically. Obviously, they're going to still be able to play the old stuff with no problem. That's not going to be an issue, surely. But uh, I look forward to it. One of the bigger names that I noticed that was into the fray was, um, of course, uh, Mia Wallace, who played with uh, Abath and other acts like that. And so that's kind of cool. I, I chat with her a little bit on Facebook before various things, and I've kept track of her career, you know, going on with Abath. And then, of course, now she's with Nervosa. So I, I wish them the best. They got a singer now. Uh, I think it's just doing vocals. There's no, you know, Mia's playing bass, and this girl named Diva Santanica is playing or singing the vocals. So, uh, be interesting how it plays out. I'm curious. They said they're going to try to get some work done during the quarantine, so that means we might see some stuff online before they actually get an album out. But apparently, Prika said she's got some stuff written already that they just got to put together and put on record. So. We'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to that a lot. They're one of my more favorite thrash acts out there right now. Alright, so in this next block, obviously I'm going to play some uh, hematoxin that got missed somehow. don't know why. Uh, but we're going to kick it off with Grave Huffer. I talked to uh, Richie, guitarist from this band, and he sent me over some music uh, from their catalog to play. So I got some stuff. I did play something off their Demon Face Stalingrad's Cross EP a few episodes back, so... He's given me a building now to go back into their catalog a little bit with their first two full lengths, so I'm, I'm happy about that. So this track I got lined up for is called Christ Complex, Grave of Her. Yeah. 
am so fucking shit up today. I don't know why. So crazy. Sorry about all that, guys. That was actually hemotoxin there with acrimony. Now we're going to go into Grave Huffer Christ Complex. My bad.
From their 2016 release, Sacricide, that was Inner Fire with The Grease and the Black. Very, very good record. Uh, one of my favorites from that year. Definitely something for you all to check out when you get the time. Uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit about controversy, not the kind that Anubis has had so far in the show by fucking up songs and getting them out of order or whatnot, but uh, the controversy that we've probably discussed before regarding Star Wars and I'm tying it in a little bit because I for those that don't know I did a review and I discussed like the Ghostbusters reboot from 2016 I think it was it, both movies and franchises seem to face the same issues when it comes to the dislike for the movies and like I'm gonna stay here from it on Star Wars like I'm not the most diehard fan yes I love the first three that came out when I was younger um I should say that was those were episodes four through six and then of course in the 90s and early 2000s they did um one two three uh which I thought Revenge of the Sith was really good didn't care for Hayden Christensen too much. His acting was a little bit bland. I know he took a lot of heat for that, and it kind of affected him in a in a bad way because the fans were relentlessly uh, unkind to him. Which I've never I never really understood that. Like it's okay not to like something or not to like a particular person's acting, and then like you know just voice your opinion on it, but. People going out there and like harassing the guy, and, and in this case, when we're talking about the newer, you know, episodes seven through nine, we have you know, like Kelly uh, Marie Tran who plays Rose, uh, take being bullied about and harassed about her ethnicity uh, on there as well as race. And it, it's just unnecessary. I don't get it. I don't understand that part of it. Um, with that said, I don't think those kind of things are the biggest crutch of why these movies are not liked and that's sort of what I'm getting at uh, I, I tend to get really annoyed when the first thing that we do as a society whenever you know move, these new movies come out and sometimes the reboots we have a lot of reboots and remakes that are out there and you know because society is sort of pushing into diversity and you know gender equality and all this other stuff which is fine. Um, I have no problems with that. But it, just because you do that doesn't mean that the people you're choosing or that the storylines are given are good. So with like Ghostbusters, the actresses to me were fine. I didn't have any problem with their acting or anything else. The movie was shit though because it was just poorly written, poorly made. And it was basically an afterthought to the idea that the original cast members couldn't be there for that and uh so now we're seeing like they're going to be rebooting that movie again uh you know not really a reboot but just uh a sequel to the first two um so you know it won't be just the main characters and i know there's murray and i, I think Ancroyd is going to be in as well but the the problem is is that the first thing that comes up whenever a movie is disliked right now is, oh, it's got to be racism or it's got to be sexism. And I hate that because 
sure, that plays a part in some of it, but not all of it. And I don't even think it's a majority of it. Um, with episodes 7 through 9 of the Star Wars stuff, I thought Force Awakens was okay. Uh, it it kind of seemed safe in terms of the plot. Like, it just reminded me a lot of A New Hope. And it was fine, but it played out pretty much the way that New Hope did, kind of in a way. It just it was very safe. Uh, there was no risk, other than the fact that you had a female lead and all this other stuff. Uh, Last Jedi, I know for Neko and I, we both started to watch that, and probably 15 or 20 minutes in, we just shut it off. It was that bad. It had nothing to do with actors or actresses, uh, you know, nothing to do with color, nothing. Just it, The movie itself just seemed like shit. And I couldn't get through it. I couldn't stomach it. It was just bad. Uh, the the other side is you had people who really loved it because it was really different and because it had a lot more diversity with different characters. And then, of course, when Rise of Skywalker got released back in December of last year, you know, you got... They kind of went away from some of that because they were trying to... It, what most people imagine correct some of the wrongs that Les Jedi had. See, the problem is Disney hasn't had a real solid plan going into all this. Like, they're just kind of flying off the cuff. This is this is one reason why I like stuff like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit because we're, we're, there's continuity and then there's also just if you got a director, like let's take Christopher Nolan and his Batman series, okay? That's one of the best DC comic book series that are out there. Because you had the same guy fucking doing it. He has a vision for all three films. So, what happened with this is there was no fucking vision. Now, credit to Disney for like their offshoots like Solo, uh, Rogue One, uh, and then, of course, the Mandalorian series on Disney+. Plus. Like These are all fantastic movies and shows. Like these, They have the right ideas. They're, they're executed well. Great directors. That's what you want. For whatever fucking reason, these main movies just are just convoluted and all fucked up and going in all sorts of different directions. So then what happens is Rise of Skywalker the other day got put on Disney+, Plus on May 4th, your way for get people to tune in more for that particular app, people are losing their shit again because they still complain about the diversity or that Rose was not in it or maybe she died. I never got around to seeing Rise, so really, I've only seen one half of that series. So, I don't know. Uh, it just kind of annoys me that we're always talking about gender and race when I don't think that's really the crutch of what's going on out there. I think that these are just very bad movies that aren't like really thought out now for most people that i know who've seen all these they disliked last jedi or at least didn't care for it that much but loved rise skywalker then you have the opposite where people are just like losing their shit about it it just it makes no sense <laughs> now granted star wars fandom has always been kind of wiki and crazy as it is but uh because people didn't even like episodes one through three a lot that you know you get a lot of people laughing about those, the Clone Wars and all that stuff. I, I actually thought those were okay movies. I didn't have any real problems with those. Um, outside of like a few things here and there. Jar Jar Binks and Hayden Sin. Like, there's just certain little things. But it didn't really 
ruined experience for me. Now, in terms of the 7 through 9, I'm not really saying that it's ruined my experience with Star Wars. I just I just don't care enough, I guess, at this point to really go check it out. I may check out Rise if it comes on Netflix or something, but... Yeah, at this stage, like, I'm not that impressed with the series in general, so it, it probably won't give, you mu give me much hope even beyond that with this last episode. Uh, so I'll just concentrate on The Mandalorian, and maybe if they end up doing a Bubble Fett movie, great. I know that Mandalorian's kind of like that, so that may not even happen, but either way, uh, the side the side quests, side shoots from all these seem to be much better than the actual series. All right. Uh, next block, we're going to go back to some older school stuff. Um, got some classic stuff from Enslaved, Vision Bleak, and Metallica. Here is Enslaved with Hindsight.
looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find in other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you Right, DJ Nick was back with you on Metal Time Radio Podcast. This is the Hordes of Chaos. Getting ready to jump into our rock block here. As I said earlier, I got a couple of new tracks from Angel PR from Honey Badger and Ben411 in here. Uh, some latest material from Corn. I don't care about the haters. I dig that band still. Uh, also got some classics from Tesla and Bang. And we're going to take you a little bit back here to the 90s of the band called Sugartooth. Sold my fortune. Here we go.
Do you live life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
me It takes its time It seems to teens in one at a time It loves to feed It loves my past It's always taunting But somehow out of grasp New is back with you the Mel Tyreo podcast. Of course, going to talk about another topic here. Um, in episode 59, I brought up the Netflix ESPN special called The Last Dance, which uh, it's a 10 episode series that focuses on Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls during their heyday in the early to mid to late uh, 90s. They had like six championships during that time in seven years, I think. And uh, each episode, for whatever reason, their last season, uh, 98, where Jordan played last and all the rest of them, uh, they allowed cameras to record that year. So what you get, we what we get in during the series is obviously footage from that, that season plus like past stuff that they've had uh interviews and all that other stuff with with the band, uh, with the team and the GM and of course Phil Jackson head coach all that good stuff. Uh episode 5 and 6 are now on the ESPN app. 
Um, looks like they're releasing them like two at a time, so that's pretty good. Uh, so this the, the five and six all kind of uh, touched on a little bit more about the Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas uh, issue with Jordan and the Bulls. Like when they played with the Pistons, you know, there was like a lot of resentment and animosity between both teams. It was very physical matchups, and for a long time the Bulls couldn't get over that hump. And then when they finally did, of course, I talked about how the Pistons as a team decided they weren't going to shake hands with the Bulls, and they walked off the court without doing so, and that really left a bad taste in the mouth of the Bulls and Jordan specifically. But it carries on to the dream team that was formed uh, in 92. And uh, apparently Thomas was very bitter about not making the cut for the team. They had like a lot of all-stars. I think Christian Leitner, who at the time was at Duke, so he was the only like college player to make that team. And, of course, they went on to make history with the Olympics and everything like that by winning the gold medal and all that. Easily, I might say, they blew most teams out by 20 to 30 points, like average. It was just not even close. Uh, the best team they faced, ironically, was uh, Croatia. And that featured Tony Kukoc, who was drafted by the Bulls that year. So he had not yet made the trip to the team. He was still playing for his country. So... I, it was kind of funny because as we're watching these episodes, you know, they're talking about how uh, Jerry Krause, the GM, who seemed to be like, he took credit for putting Jordan and Pippen on the squad and all these other great players and make them successful. But then he was like trying to turn around and quickly replace them, which never made any sense to anybody. And... His uh, drafting of Tony was supposedly, through his words, was Tony's going to be our future. But, you know, here it is. Jordan and Pippen and all of them are pretty much in their prime in 92. So they're like scratching their heads like, wondering, what, the, what the hell, you know? So as they're playing Croatia, the first time they played Croatia, they shut Tony down. Like, they went out with a purpose to make it very tough for him to play. I think he only scored like four points against the Dream Team that year or during that first game matchup. They did meet again in the championship game for the gold medal, and Tony had a much better game, but they still ended up losing by like 20 points, I think, to uh, the Dream Team. But they talked about Jordan and talked about how they were going to send a message that first game to Tony about like, okay, they think that Jerry thinks you're going to be our replacement. Well, we're going to show you why that's not going to happen. And they just, all of them just shut him down. Uh, there's some other things they get to. Uh, one thing, like, uh, I didn't realize was merchandising. Uh, before, in Jordan's rookie year, which I think was like 84, uh, most of the shoes that were being represented were Converse. So a lot of the NBA stars were sponsoring those shoes. So you had Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Dr. J. They were all representatives for Converse shoes. And Jordan didn't really like Converse, and he wanted to go another direction. But he 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 was actually an Adidas guy. And initially, 
uh, his agent was getting him to go to Nike because Nike had a really good deal for him, but Jordan was pretty hesitant about doing it until his mother chimed in and said, you need to go hear them out and see what they got to say. Jordan did and eventually signed with Nike, and of course he made them, you know, a big name with his Air Jordans at the time, and I didn't even <clears throat> I didn't realize in 98 when he played his last game at uh, Madison Square Garden that that was the first game that he played when he was in his rookie year, and that was when he wore his Air Jordans that he had first made. Now, obviously over the years, shoes changed so much, and he even noted that, that it was really uh, a vast difference between <laughs> the way his shoes were made. But he wore uh, some original Air Jordans in that last game, and he said, man, my feet were killing me. Like, they were bleeding and everything else. But he felt that it was, like, symbolic of his time in the NBA. So that was kind of cool. And then, of course, one other thing I want to touch on was in the 92 season, when the Bulls went to their second uh, championship series. They played against my Portland Blazers with Clyde Drexler, Danny Ainge, and Curse and all of them. Cliff Robinson. Uh, but, like, I didn't realize, like, how personal Jordan took the series in general. Like, I knew that Drexler would be a Hall of Famer and he was very good. But apparently a commentator had made the comment might have been even Magic Johnson. I don't know who it was, but... No, it was, no, it was someone else. A commentator made the comparison that Drexler was the same as Jordan and vice versa. And Jordan said that he thought he was much better than Drexler. So, obviously, he went out there in the first game and, like, shut Clyde down and was, like, scoring at will. Like, he had, like, nine or ten three-pointers in that game. Had, like, 35 points by halftime. It's the iconic game where of course he has footage of after hitting a three I think it was like his ninth one that he turns a matching just kind of like throws his hands up and his shoulders shrugs and says you know can't stop me so uh, that was kind of sucky because I was really pulling for the places to win that and my Blazers have not been back there since so he kind of killed my franchise even though we've got some good players even now you know, with uh, Damian Lillard and, and some of these other guys, like, um, hoping they'll find a way to get some chemistry and better players in there to help Damian and get back to the dance. At least win one for me before I die. I've managed to see the Avalanche do it, the Broncos do it, and the Virginia Cavaliers do it in basketball, so we got to do it in the NBA for once. All right. Getting back to some uh, music here. Uh, brand new stuff I got sent by Mighty Spell Records. This is the first time I'm dealing with them, but they uh, sent me a doozy in the in the vein of some uh, speed thrash metal from France, uh, from a band called Witches. And their new record, The Fate, is out now, and I've got a track called We Are for you that I'm going to play. And here we go.
This is Anime from Darken and you are listening to the Holes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, ending that block, Mayhem from the Dark Past. Which brings us to our next discussional topic. Got a chance to see the 2000 uh, doc, Once Upon a Time in Norway. And, uh, I don't know, like, somebody just, I guess people were just talking about the Lords of Chaos movie that came out last year. And, you know, how controversial it was because it wasn't quite as accurate as people liked and I mean let's face it it was a movie and it was designed to be a little more entertaining than uh accurate I guess would be the word um there was some certainly some accuracies in it but uh this uh doc that I saw came out in 2007 it's only about an hour long but it's does a lot of interviews and talks about a lot of the early time of uh Mayhem the band uh, with their founding guitarist, Orsine Arseth, a.k.a. Euronymous, who was famously murdered by Varg, Verkings of Burzum. And uh, so it, it, there's a lot of talk about that. Um, but the, the interesting thing about this was, that the doc itself, was that some of the things it was alluding to that I did not really know, and it still could be somewhat misinformation i'm not sure but from from what i read and when i when i watch this and i I see some of the comments by some of the other guys in the bands and around the same time that you know Osteen was still alive they 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 all kind of like said he was a real piece of shit like he wasn't like a really great dude like when you watch lords of chaos uh, you, you always kind of get this feeling that Euronymous is like, you know, sort of this sort of cool dude. Uh, even though he has that weird thing that happens with the other member dead who killed himself. I mean, that alone, like, turned off a lot of people in the black male community when he just failed to, like, show any kind of empathy or humanity uh, by taking pictures of his dead friend. Which is, and then tried to basically exploit it on on Mayhem's album cover, you know. So it's like, it's really a weird thing. And, you know, as, as bad as people talk about Varg and all his bullshit, like, I never realized that Uranus was really a, even another big piece of shit. Like, he really doesn't seem to be that loved outside of what talent the band had. Like, you know, there are certain things people praise Uranus about, you know, in terms of, like, starting the whole, like, black metal culture and, you know, kind of, like, the whole scene, I guess, from where they were uh, in Norway, like, was really kind of founded out of mayhem and everything else. So you had Dark Throne, obviously, and then, of course, Burzum came up and all this other stuff. So it's just very interesting just the personality like I didn't realize that the guy was really that big of a dick but apparently he was like he just wasn't uh, really seen to be that great and he was more of a opportunist I guess uh, 
and I think that's where basically Varg kind of like fell out from because you know here it was Varg felt that when they started burning churches and of course when one of the other uh, friends or band members ended up killing the gay guy uh, they were almost like you know rather than shy away from that rather than condemn it they were just like oh we can use this and it, it just got really weird and I don't know I guess Varg in the end as far as like whether or not Lords of Chaos was accurate in that respect or not Varg just felt that basically Yarnos was a fake and not true to his word but there was a lot of other band members uh, from other bands during the time that just they, they actually wanted to get away from the extremism of the burning churches and the murders and stuff and they thought that at that time all that stuff was just going far too far in general so like they wanted to distance themselves from all that um, the other thing was apparently part of Eronimus' issues was because of his ego and so many younger fans who weren't even around his age but they worshipped him so much that that just kind of fed his ego and probably didn't help his situation much when it came to like how he treated people in general so uh it's a cool doc to check out um you have some you know some guys from uh necro butcher or necro butchers in there uh hellhammer also talks in there a little bit so there's a lot of different points of view and I don't think they even got Varg in there at all. Maybe some sound bites. I don't think they had him as an interview though. But it, it's worth a look and it's probably far, far, far more accurate than Lords of Chaos was and it brings to light a lot of things that I just didn't even know uh, about that stuff at that time. So like, it's worth it. Check it out. Next block of music. Uh, I got a band from Kobar here called Nemesium, and the song is titled Annihilation Prophecy.
We are Broadfield, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio.
breaking away from reality, but rather a very complex series of obsessions. from Nomas, those crazy motherfuckers. I'm so dying to see these guys live again, man. It's so much fucking energy that that band brings live. It's amazing. Before that, another great Maryland band, Snipers of Babel. Uh, they recently lost one of their members, Jeremy, which is unfortunate. Uh, personal reasons, I guess, but not sure if they're going to add another or just go forward with who they got. Uh, but that was a new track for them. Uh, recent track for them anyway. Another World. Great stuff. Uh, hope you all enjoy, enjoyed the fucking episode today. And I cannot speak to save my fucking life today. What the fuck? Anyway. Thanks to Sky Nielsen Promotions. A lot of hard work she puts in promoting this show. Uh, great gal. Big time metalhead. Love it. Uh, also special thanks to Chris and Kelly Grant from Metalomania. If you did not check out their episode which would be at the making or the release of this episode would be last week, so it would be Wednesday, uh, I believe the 6th, uh, that they had uh, the interview with uh, Sean Killian of Violence. was very good. Uh, A lot of great fucking music in there as well, uh, as always, with the the mom crew. So uh, be sure to check them out. They put a lot of hard work into it, uh, a lot of great... uh, content for people to check out and read and, and watch alright one track left for you another cold classic Jungle Rot A Burning Cinder take care
Straight into the fire 